Um, a lot of you asked me about my time in Swift Current. We won't get into that now. Maybe later if there's time. But uh, I did work in Swift Current at CJFB TV back in the early 90s, uh, out of school, wanted to be a sports guy. And then and this is going somewhere. Uh, got there. And when you go to Swift Current, you're a sports guy. You're also the news guy. You're also the weather guy. You shoot the commercials. You do everything. There's literally like six people that work in the entire building. So um, uh, my next job was in Saskatoon, and it was a news job. And the rest, as they say, is history. My sports career ended there. But I've always wanted to be a sports guy, and I've always wanted to talk about hockey. So when the boss was chatting with us about what we were going to put together for our show this week, and, and he suggested, you know what you guys should do is you should get together a sports reporter from Edmonton and one from Calgary and have a chat about what happened in Calgary this year, what happened in Edmonton this year, and what the expectations are for the playoffs going forward. It was kind of like, yeah, okay, we can do that. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about sports. We don't do it much on this show because it's not really our mandate, but occasionally the story comes along that's big enough to uh, give us license to do it. And that's what we're going to do today because, of course, uh, regular season all but over. A couple of makeup games tonight. One of them is important. Colorado playing uh, against Nashville. Now, if if I if I understand correctly, if Colorado wins, they win the Central, which means that they would play Seattle in the first round. I think uh, if they lose, they stay right where they are. They're second in the Central, and they would play Minnesota in the opening round. But let's find out. There's two experts who know. We have Reed Wilkins in Edmonton and Dave McIver in Calgary. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Good, Shay. How are you? Good, good. Doing fantastic, Shay. Hey, did did I get that right, guys? Is that how it works? Colorado wins, they play Seattle, they lose, they play many? Yes, because Colorado is trying to uh, jump ahead of Dallas. They're a point ahead of Dallas going into the game. And the, uh, yeah, they they got a win because the tiebreaker is... uh, is regulation wins and right. Dallas has that. So uh, a bunch. if you Colorado lost in overtime or a shootout, uh, Dallas would get first. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Now, um, before we get to the Oilers, uh, and we'll get to them because, uh, they're a going concern. The Flames, as we all know, their season ended. And I, I watched a lot of Flames hockey down the stretch because I, I really, really wanted the Flames to make it. I think it's good for Calgary. It's good for Alberta and it's good for hockey generally. But when they lost to Chicago, and then I think was it Anaheim they lost to after that, and I was kind of like, "Holy cow, what's I mean, Dave? What happened? What I mean, the Flames? We know they went and they lost Johnny Gaudreau, and there was some you know Kachuk and things like that. But I thought they'd replaced him. What happened this year in Calgary? Well, simple enough, Shay. They went to overtime, you know, the twenty five times, <laughs> and and they didn't score a goal, you know, seventeen of those times, or it, they couldn't get the, get it done in a shootout. They literally didn't have a guy like a Johnny Gaudreau, perfect example right there, like a Matthew Kachuk, who went out there and scored a big goal for him. Didn't help early in the season, or you know, halfway through the season that. Jacob Markstrom wasn't making any big yeah. saves either. So, you know, that was kind of the big problem for them this year. No big players and big moments. But if you dig into it, there was a lot more problems than that. I mean, you look at uh, Daryl Sutter had Milan Lucic on the second line with Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Kadri for, I want to say, you know, 30 games. And it, it just, it all kind of fell apart in all the areas you needed it to really be good for them to be the team that, at the beginning of the season, Shay, it, it was... Well, they might not be as good in the regular season, but man, this team is built for the playoffs. Well, I guess we we won't know. But you're right. I mean, you take a look at people that underperform. Certainly, Jacob Markson would be top of that list, but Nazem Kadri wouldn't be far behind. Jonathan Huberdeau would be right there as well. I mean, aside from Tyler Toffoli, did anybody meet expectations in Calgary? 
I mean, I don't think you ever jump on Chris Tanev. He's a sure, warrior okay. out there. He was solid. Um, you know, Dylan Dubé was good. He doesn't score as much as he maybe should. Um, but, you know, you, you bring up Jonathan Huberto. I mean, that's the biggest drop-off in, in, in history when it comes to points sure, one yeah. year over the other. Uh, Andrew Mangiapane didn't have uh, a year that he did last year. Uh, Elias Lindholm, of course, he was playing with Kachuk and Gaudreau last year. Uh, he didn't have the same year. So it's way easier to pick out the guys who didn't have the year they were supposed to. Um, I guess you'd look at a Blake Coleman. He was pretty good for the Flames uh, this season. But those aren't the guys that are going to get you in the playoffs. Reed, you watched a, a lot of hockey. Of course, you were keeping a close eye on what was happening in Calgary. Were you as sort of mystified as I was to sort of see them just sputter along? Like like Dave says, they were never out of it. I mean, they, they had more one-goal games, I think, than any other team in the league. They just couldn't seem to get over the hump, though. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, I was surprised that uh, for most of the season, it you know, it seemed that Markstrom wasn't up to form. And then it, it just, and, and, you know, they, they were sort of like the Oilers for the first half of the season, not doing quite as well as you thought, but you, you kind of thought they were going to kick it in. But, um, I mean, they just, and I, and I know their goal total wound up decent. Um, you know, they got to, I think, 260 goals, which is kind of, you know, okay in the Western Conference. But you look at all those overtime losses, all those one goal losses, yeah. they just couldn't get the, the big goal when they needed it. I, I think, you know they they had playmakers and they got a couple of finishers, but I, I really think they missed the finish of Goudreau and Kachuk, even certainly more than I thought. Because you know they brought in good replacements for those they players, did. but sometimes you just need that guy who you might say, oh, you know what, he didn't have a great game, but he he, he sniped that one, you know, right when we needed it, and it just seemed Calgary didn't have that finish when they needed it. No, I think you're right, Reed. Um, Dave, there's so many questions now, like you said. I mean, the last <laughs> offseason, I think everybody thought, oh boy, this is this is really bad news for the Flames, but like like Reed says, I think everybody then thought, wow, what a rebuild. They managed to go out and get Kadri, and they got Hooper doing. They're going to be okay. Now the focus seems to be on Daryl Sutter and a lot of people saying, yeah, he just, that coaching style just doesn't work in today's NHL, although he had a pretty good team last year. What's the future? I mean, he's got a big, big ticket contract, doesn't he? He's got two more years, signed the extension when, you know, things were looking real solid at the beginning of the year for the Flames. Uh, Brad Living, he doesn't have a contract. Now, Flames are doing their, you know, year-end press conferences right now. When it comes to Daryl Sutter, Jonathan Huberto was kind of asked about that, and he said him and Daryl will have some things to figure out in the summer. And, you know, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet yesterday on the Jeff Merrick show said, um, you know, maybe Sutter will be back. And, and that's, that's not what a lot of fans are calling for in this city. But, you know, let's remember, you know, Daryl maybe wasn't making the best decisions this year and, and they had to you know build a culture that they basically had to rebuild after Kachuk and Gaudreau left. He won the Jack Adams last year. He's got two Stanley yep. Cup rings. Is the shelf life is is we know about the shelf life with him and and how it it can go sour. Do they bring him back? I don't know. That's the thing, Shay. We don't hear from anybody in this city about the direction of this team. You know, the late Ken King used to provide that. After him, Brian Burke provided that. Now, who's providing that? We haven't heard from the general manager today. We haven't heard from the coach. So we don't really know what's going on here in Calgary, and that, I think, is what is most frustrating for fans, is nobody's coming out and telling anybody the direction of the team, at least not yet so far today. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break, guys. I'll get you to hold on for just a second, then we'll come back and talk about the other Alberta team, where, as we know, a lot of high expectations. Who knows where this might end? We'll talk to the Oilers, and we come back right after this.
This listener says Sutter will be back coaching next year. Some insiders are suggesting he might even take on role of GM as well. Interesting. Okay. Uh, now let's turn our attention to the Edmonton Oilers. As you know, they uh, they got on a real heater on the back end of this season, basically uh, from the new year on. And I think since the trade deadline, they've been the best team in the league, even better than the mighty Bruins of Boston. Uh, just barely, but better. Um, and they're coming into the postseason with all kinds of momentum. Three 100-point scores. Stuart Skinner emerging as a apparent number one goaltender. So let's start with Reed Wilkins, who spends a lot of time talking Oilers hockey here on 630. Chad, Reed, is this the year? We know they uh, ran up to it with uh, Colorado in the conference final last year, and we're out four straight. Uh, have they made enough changes to get over the hump this time? I think they have. And, and look, I, I've, I've, I'm not going to guarantee anything. I mean, a lot can happen in the playoffs. Sure. You're playing the other best teams who are playing very well. But this is... In terms of the regular season, and the teams generally aren't remembered by their regular season, but that's all the information we have to go on right now. In terms of the regular season, this is one of the best Oilers teams ever out of their 43 seasons in the National Hockey League. I mean, fifth best uh, points percentage they've ever had, fourth time they've hit 50 wins. And if you look at how they played, in first of all, in the second half of the season, when they went 29-6-6, and and then really in the final quarter of the season, and I go from March 1st onward, even though that was a little bit before the trade deadline, a couple of days, but that's when Ekholm joined the team. They went 18-2-1. And And I think the thing that is, the things that are encouraging is that a lot of the problems that were identified as being problems for the Oilers weren't as prominent over the final quarter of the season. They continued to score. They led the NHL in goals per game for the season and in the final quarter of the season. But since March 1st, you know, they're ninth in goals against. They're seventh in team save percentage. So you can say, well, you know, they're this team that they, they got to win game 7-5 and then they're going to, you know, lose games right. yeah, yeah. You know, 5-3 or 6-4. We didn't see that as much in the final quarter of the season. I mean, yeah, of course they had some sloppy games. You know, the, the previous game against San Jose was kind of a funny overtime win. There were all these disallowed goals. But still they figured out how to win. There, uh, There's a certain, I think, calmness and poise that we haven't seen in the Oilers in the past, uh, I, I think they sort of reached that part of the season and brought in some personnel where they knew they could check and they could defend a little better. And, and here's, and I, I said this on my show the other night, Shay, and this is, this is going to be my line. And again, I, I'm, I'm not being cocky, but I think we've got to recognize how good the team is. If the Oilers play at or near their potential, yeah. so if the Oilers don't beat themselves, who beats them four times in seven games? You know, ask yourself that question as a fan. I think there are a couple teams that are very threatening. I think the team they're going to play in the first round is very threatening to the Oilers. But if they play at or near their potential, you're going to have to play almost perfect hockey to beat them four times in seven games. And you cannot take a penalty. Uh, that's what is, <laughs> that's going to be a deciding factor. Dave, uh, down the road, uh, somebody who's not within the market, but of course you can't escape the buzz around Connor McDavid and, and what he's done in his Hart Trophy winning season. What's your view on, on the Edmonton Oilers heading into the postseason? I mean, I don't disagree with a lot that Reed said. Um, obviously, I just think with with 
it, it's going to come down to depth, right? And and not just the guys they have in the lineup because they got some great depth up front. And and Reed, you could probably fill me in better on this, but you know, defensively, if a couple guys go down, if you lose a Darnell Nurse, if you lose, uh, you know, Matthias Ekholm, what does that look like? And who is taking up those minutes? Um, we've seen it every year in terms of you know defensemen getting hurt in the playoffs. Yeah, someone one, gets hurt. It's one of the hardest positions to to try and have to fill. Remember the Calgary Flames against the Edmonton Oilers last year, Chris Tanev playing with one shoulder that really hurt them not saying that you know the goaltending didn't hurt them as well and and, and not saying that Connor McDavid's otherworldly and uh, he was able to step up so I think the Oilers can make a a really big run I look at the Colorado Avalanche Uh, obviously you you, you can't count them out until they lose Um, they'll be without one of their uh, star players and their captain in in Gabriel Landeskog Uh, that could be a tough out for the Oilers but like like Reed said you know seven games what teams are going to beat you I look at two in the NHL one's Boston and one is uh, of course uh, you know the Colorado Avalanche. So I uh, can't disagree with a lot. I just wonder what happens and what they do if uh, if they do run into some injuries on the blue line. Okay, so let's uh, let's get to predictions here, guys. Um, it sounds like we all agree that Edmonton and Colorado are going to end up in the West Final, or is that a done deal? Well, those are my favorites for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah same with yeah. me. Okay, and in yeah. the East, Boston and who? Oh, Tampa Bay and Carolina. Boston's the uh, Boston's gonna flame out. I knew those these, these, I knew teams win, these teams that win sixty plus. Shay, I'm not trolling you. These teams that win sixty plus games never win the cup because they they they've won so many games during the season. They're the focus of everybody to to beat along yeah. the way. You know, I and and again, I I think it's gonna happen again. This year for the Bruins, and, and uh, I'm going to go with the. Uh, I'm kind of contradicting. Well, you know, you know, I'm changing that. Tampa Bay and the Rangers again, because I picked the Rangers before the season, and I hate being one of those guys that makes 19 predictions throughout the season. So I'm guaranteed to be right. Okay. Tampa Bay and the Rangers in the East final. Who wins? Who's in the final, and who wins the cup? Go ahead, Reed. Stay with stay with your your you're, you're well, heading down sure. the wrong well, path. Okay, you might sure, as well yeah. stay on no, it now. I, I, I will I will stick I will stick with my preseason prediction. Be so I'm consistent. I had the Rangers and the Oilers in the Cup final at the start of the season. Wow! So I will I will stick with that. Why not? I okay. won't make multiple predictions. I'll, I'll stick with the one I made at the start of the year. And the champion is okay. I'll flip on that. I'll be a, the slight homer because I think it's time <laughs> to be optimistic about this team, and I'll take the Oilers. Uh, okay, Dave. Who who do you have in the East? Uh, surely it's not Tampa in New York. Uh, no, I I gotta say I I disagree with Reed. I think you know once in a while the team that that finishes on top of the league does get there, and uh, it's been about ten years since the Chicago Blackhawks uh, did it. So I'm going to say the Boston Bruins get to the Eastern Conference Final. They take on. It's so tough coming out of that Metro side. Uh, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to say Carolina does it. I think we we overlook Carolina's playoff success. They've had some in the last uh, few years. So I got I, I I have Boston going to the final, and uh, I think Colorado uh, edges Edmonton in in seven games uh, in uh, in the West. And uh, I think Boston goes all the way this year. And wow. I will preface this, guys. I'm going to say this. My wife is pregnant, and she's a diehard Bruins fan. So I'm also kind of obliged to to say this the way well, I'm saying it. You married up. You married up. <laughs> yeah, it does seem. <laughs> that way doesn't it Shay? uh any sleepers who if, if you had to pick a team to watch where do you see a first round upset i think the islanders are a handful yeah i well funny speaking of predictions i, I picked the islanders to go to the cup final last year and then they played their first like <laughs> 80 games on the road and were <laughs> never got it so uh you know what uh 
I, I'll, I'll, I'll say keep an eye on the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, they're good. Uh, I know they, I know they've had some injuries, but uh, got some experience uh, in net, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll defer to my colleague Rob Brown, who's a, a big Dean Evison fan. He was a teammate at some point in their careers, so uh, I'll, I'll go for the Wild as a bit of a dark horse. Okay. Dave, I mean, it's it's weird saying that Dallas is a dark horse in yeah. the West because they're you know they could possibly first in the Central, but if they get the goaltending they got from Jake Ottinger in the first round and they score at the clip they've been scoring this season, yeah, they're a pretty tough team to beat. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right, uh, Dallas. I mean, it's what it comes down to, and that's why you take a look at the New York Islanders, and they're a tough physical team. But again, it's Sorokin, right? You don't know. I mean, he's the kind of guy, just like Ottinger, just like Hellebuck in Winnipeg. That can win you a series or two all by themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be wild. Reed, we kick things off in Edmonton on Monday, correct? That's the game opening game, L.A. in town to take on the Oilers. That is the game. We do not have a game time yet. They're waiting to see what happens tonight with Colorado and Nashville. But games one and two are Monday in Win- and Wednesday in Edmonton. Gotcha. Okay, and then they want Toronto Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I'm assuming, right? Well, yes. I mean, they haven't announced beyond the first two games, but yeah, it sounds like they they want to have the the Leafs on Saturday night. Yeah, Yeah, they'll set it up for that. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much. I appreciate both of you being here today and talking a little hockey. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah, anytime, Shay. Enjoy the playoffs up there, fellas. I know we're going to be missing it down here. Well, you can always tune in. There's lots of room on the bandwagon, Dave. (laughs) No thanks. (laughs) Okay, appreciate it. That's the question I want to ask you, the audience. And and I'm with Dave. I'm with Dave. And, you know, watching hockey growing up or something like that, a huge Oilers fan growing up, big Bruins fan growing up, if the Oilers lost out and somebody said, well, now I'm cheering for the Flames because they're from Alberta, I would absolutely fall over because... For me, part of cheering for a hockey team, okay, I'm a Bruins fan, as you know. So if, if, if the Bruins go out, am I going to cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Not on your life. No way. The Montreal Canadiens, it's not happening. You in Calgary, can you, can you switch? Can you now be an Oilers fan because they're still in and they're from Alberta? Who are you pulling for? 